welcome to today's episode of the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast show, where we talk about science and science-based tools, particularly in neurobiology, exercise physiology, and the nutritional sciences. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that follow button on Spotify so you never miss a single podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about why we dream, based on what we know, of course, and solidifying learning during sleep. So let me preface this episode with understanding how most dreams occur during REM sleep, aka rapid eye movement, which is one of the cycles during our sleep, right? So sleep is punctured by REM every 90 minutes or so, and it's triggered by specialized neurons that pump activity straight into your visual cortex, causing us to experience vision even when our eyes are shut. Your muscles are also paralyzed during REM, so that your body can simulate visual experiences without moving your body at the same time. This reveals the anatomical precision of how brain circuits rarely evolve without any functional component behind it. They're really, really smart. Interestingly, right? So brain waves, like during REM, are almost active as if we're awake, right? We do know much about the physiology of what's going on during our sleep, but there is much, much left to discover about what happens psychologically. Currently, we have not found a way to study dreams in people because it's very difficult to connect results from brain scans with reports of dreams, especially how memories of dreams often fade away quickly upon awakening. However, sleep scientist Dr. Matthew Walker from UC Berkeley, he is an excellent author by the way, he's found that when we're dreaming during REM, our stress responses are actually shut down and neurochemicals that drive stressful feelings stop its release. And this kind of implies that REM can maybe reduce the negative impact of difficult memories. Yes, sleep is restful, but it can also be healing. And there's a study that he published in November in Current Biology, which has produced some findings about whether dreaming could potentially reduce the pain of traumatic memories. Right. So this is an excerpt from Professor Walker that I want to share with you. The stage dream of sleep, based on its unique neurochemical composition, provides us with a form of overnight therapy, a soothing balm that removes the sharp edges from the prior day's emotional experiences. What a beautifully written statement. So, Dr. Walker made this fine connection between REM sleep and PTSD when he discovered that this generic blood pressure medication was actually helping folks with PTSD get better sleep with fewer recurring nightmares. And it was found that the side effect of this drug decreases norepinephrine, which Dr. Walker found the potential for REM sleep. And that's because people with PTSD often find that sleep as de-stress may not be properly working because of their emotional ties to their trauma that was never really separated from their memory during sleep. And this could account to one of the many reasons why they have such potent visceral reactions to flashbacks. Dreams normally provide a greater perspective and understanding of daily experiences by reprocessing what has happened during a low-stress state, when you are safe and it is just your brain doing work. Right? Dreaming is considered as a low-stress state because right, neurotransmitter norepinephrine is actually decreased in the brain, which is really interesting, so that REM sleep can work. And this gives dreams a low-stress atmosphere to properly, to properly process our emotional experiences. Now, let's talk about like solidifying learning during sleep, right? Whenever we learn something new, whenever we're acquiring new skills or modifying our lifestyle habits, 
The structure of our brain changes, you know that. And our neurons are responsible for this rapid processing in the brain. Just like friendships in the community, the connections between our neurons constantly change based on what's going on in life. They could strengthen, they could weaken. You could find new connections, which is the phenomenon of brain plasticity. Just like plastic, we can assume new shapes and hold them by live wiring the, what, 86 billion neurons and 0.2 quadrillion connections that rewire itself at every moment of life. It's pretty fascinating. And just like how Mother Nature allowed sharp teeth and fast legs to be useful for survival, so is the brain's ability to reconfigure for memory and learning and the ability to develop new skills. And Mother Nature has gracefully also imbued our brains with this flexibility to change and adapt to circumstances. Let's tie together how brain plasticity has to do with dreaming now. So, due to Earth's rotation, all animals are cast into darkness for about 12 hours out of the 24-hour cycle. Unless you're in Vegas, with bright lights and all, at all times. Now that's a different story, we'll discuss that at another time. It's suggested that the brain preserves the territory of certain cortices by keeping it active at night, according to the defensive activation theory. Right, so this theory proposes that dreams exist to keep neurons in those cortices active, such as the visual cortex. And this defensive activation theory suggests how there's a relationship between how brain plasticity diminishes with age and how the fraction of sleep devoted to brain is also decreased across a lifespan. For instance, infants spend half of their sleep time in REM, and that percentage decreases to about 18% in the elderly population. Scientists at Stanford University, such as David Eagleman, predicted that the defensive activation theory should make it clear that the more flexible the brain, the more REM sleep it should have to defend its visual system during sleep. They actually found that species with more flexible brains do in fact spend more time in REM, which may link future connections between brain like flexibility, plasticity, and REM. Since the dawn of philosophy, dreams have perplexed philosophers and poets about what dreams merely mean. Thankfully, in the recent decades, dreams have come under the gaze of brilliant neuroscientists just like Matt Walker, David Eagleman, Andrew Huberman. In like the neuroscience field's central unsolved mysteries of whether dreams serve a more practical functional purpose or just something else. Again, there's so much more to discover in this topic about why we dream when we literally just got started. So, that's all I have for you today. I'm going to leave you with the same message I leave you in every single one of these Your Heart and the Brain podcast episodes. Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate. Thanks so much for your time and attention today, and above all, thanks for your interest in science.